Welcome to the C word that can serve this podcast. Today we're talking about time management. I'm Jenny Mathiasen, an objects conservative based in Kimaldenshire. And I'm Chloe Rumsey, an objects conservative based in Manchester. Hey guys! Hello! It's us again, and we're still on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> if you've listened to us previously, you will have noticed there's another boat-themed episode. Um, <laughs> it's not boat-themed as such. We're not talking about ships. We will be talking about ships at some point in a future episode. Oh, I suppose. We do sometimes talk about boats, like yeah, Peggy. Yeah, that's true, like Peggy. But at the moment, we're still on a boat. Yes. Um, we are very excited to still be hosted by the lovely... Pierrette Squires. Yes. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, and for people who didn't listen to the previous one, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, hi, I'm Pierrette Squires. I'm a museum team leader, conservator at Bolton Museum. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Slash, thanks for being on the show again. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Oh, right, okay, so time management, that's, yeah. a, that's the whole thing. I, Where do you want to start with this? I think oh, we should let it huge. be known that Jenny has just saved some time by covering up the sweets with the pan. <laughs> Quite sensible. Te- technically, you can still access sweets. It's just that part of it is covered by a piece of paper. Virat <laughs> has um, provided us with a little box of gummy sweets and chocolate Little cakes. box. <laughs> big box of gummy sweets, cakes and flapjacks and all of the things. And um, we're, we're having a marvellous time. Well sugared, I think, is the idea. <laughs> Just so, perfect. I was sort of seeing two sides of this being like time management when you're in employment oh. and also time management yes. as a self-employed person because mm-hmm. you might have to use utilize different tools. You're working within different mm-hmm. settings, mm-hmm. different expectations. Yeah. I mean, we could start with employment because we've all been employed. Let's do that. Yeah. And two of you are employed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think also, and this is probably where it crosses over with the people management, mm. Time management as an employee and an employer are quite different. Yes. Yes. Mm. Absolutely. And I've also written down things. Well, I've written, made Jenny write down <laughs> things like making promises and mm. scheduling in and mm. how does one, how do you tell if something is going to take a certain, like, how do you know whether you can fit that many hours into a couple of months? I don't. This is the topic, so here we are. <laughs> here we are. Quite so. Um, how, how does time management work in... Uh, but let's go with your organisation first, maybe, just to not put Pierrette on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have, as an institution, a sort of yearly programme or two yearly programme where we have an idea of what's going to happen uh, but it's a fairly often a fairly vague idea mm-hmm. and is subject to change based on various circumstances, which I may or may not go into, depending on how unkind I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's usually an idea of, OK, so we prepare banners for banner hang at the end of each year and then install them. So we know we are usually busy October, November, December, January, every year doing one project. We also take on other people's objects for conservation, which raises income for the museum. And that is for us to sort of schedule in for uh, uh, income goals every year Mm -hmm. and um, to the various client deadlines and things like that. Mm -hmm. As well as that, there's obviously, you know, we'll do an exhibition and we'll be preparing for that exhibition. And then at the same time, we're also attempting to do core duties 
as so well if you've in got that. Income goals. Mm. Does that mean you know exactly how many hours, therefore, of bought in work you have to do? In theory, yes. Okay. I am not manager. My wonderful manager, she tends to do the confirmation of yes we have time for that no we do not Mm -hmm. have time for that and her mind and my mind work quite differently so she in the same way as measurements somehow is able to tell whether a project can be achieved so since I started she's always you know been able to accept and schedule in projects by just saying Yes, we have time to achieve that. That's going to be, okay, so that's 112 hours. Yes, we can fit this in, but we can't fit this in until this time, and this can be the deadline. My brain doesn't do that. I mean, possibly might relate to the last episode we (laughs) recorded on the boat with the neurodiversity. Um, And so my way of dealing with that, she two years ago went on maternity leave, um, and so I, you know, had previously been working out how to manage my time how to say what I could deliver and when I could you know yeah it started off with me saying can I finish this by the next end of the next financial year yes or no that my process I should say is break down the number of hours that I can achieve on on practical work per day and then how many days of that in the week mm-hmm. given holidays given leave, given you know all of that mm-hmm. so that's how I do it and that's how I planned a large scale project that lasted a year and from a sort of personal assessment point of view it's pretty good pretty good but I did work out that given the number of hours that we did actually achieve over the period of a year we were working up to about 70% of what I said that we would achieve if you see what I mean so if I said does that mean you overshot or no we we um we undershot I guess so oh, okay. what that it basically took you longer than you thought yeah yeah basically it, the mm. the number of hours that I assessed for was spread over a, okay. a okay a longer period of time but that's sort of the method is basically I said I could I could achieve four hours in a day of like the outside contract work mm-hmm. allowing for meetings and emails and pest traps did you build any contingency in for crap people are going to throw at me (laughs) (laughs) that in theory was the four hours per day and what I discovered was it's actually closer to three hours per day for me and less for the manager because obviously she her her crap that people are going to throw at her in a day is increased (laughs) massively but then for um the conservation officer was able to achieve more hours per day but I've it's early days with my method of doing it because I mm-hmm. want to make it really scientific and it can't be. No. And it's difficult to communicate this with the higher ups, I'm going to call it. Because if you say, I can achieve three hours of, of work on this project per day, they're like, mm. you work seven hour days. What? Why Why is this not more? And mm, it's, okay. it's... So are they asking for that level of detail of how many hours a day they're you're not, doing? No. They only have when I've made it like that in a way so previously obviously with my manager she's been able to say that if the work is there we can achieve these things basically by this date by this date yeah within this number of hours in this number of days exactly but with potential you know requests for increasing goals and you know what can you fit into different things and can this deadline from the client's deadline be met Mm. it's become a bit more like so how do we increase 
sort of output. Yeah. And no one's said why you're not working more hours, but it's always at the back of my mind, like I need to, in terms of project management, I feel it's really important to outline to people, like you cannot spend six hours in a day bent over an no. object. You cannot no. do it <clears throat> because nope. it's physically exhausting. Yeah. yeah. I like hearing about sort of your the learning curve I feel like I went off on one a little bit because you just asked me how 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 I manage time in an institution I I was like this is my detailed process no but I I have a spreadsheet (laughs) this is great I love this this is great no phenomenal I love this observations (laughs) observations include I wonder if if your manager is so sort of experienced in doing this that it might almost be intuitive to them in that they have a real feel for it rather than a scientific formula yeah, it's more of a feel, I yeah. think. And and it can be that that's accurate because it's been honed over a long time. I think, yeah, I think, and, and in the past she said, like, I'm sorry I've, she that she feels that she's not sometimes giving me enough guidance by saying this is the number mm-hmm. of, like, this is how much you should be, because it's, but I've said, no, that's not necessary, it's not necessary because it's just the way my brain works. It if can, my brain needs to work to like that. to communicate if you just know something, mm. how you get to that process. Yes, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. yeah. Were you trained to work out your time yes but i wasn't very good at it so at cardiff we were encouraged to write down our hours that we spent on things do a prediction of the hours i get all my students to do it because often Mm. students aren't trained it doesn't matter where they're coming from i quite often find that Mm -hmm. there is quite often a big discrepancy but it narrows the more you get used to doing it and the more you know a lot of the time people forget to plan in their head hours of how long it's going to take me to really look at the object yeah Mm -hmm. how long it will take me if i find a problem to look at that problem Mm -hmm. how long it will take me to walk around the lab and pick up all the different random (laughs) crap i'm going to need to work on and forget things and lose my tape measure and get the orders for in for materials you're going to need to order yeah can take absolutely hours to get that right yeah in terms of sort of treatment plan proposal and that side of mm. things I'm so much better at it I've got pretty good at judging how long a treatment will take in different yeah. stages of a treatment I'm also quite paranoid I suppose about get making sure that the materials are there and yeah. and that kind of thing in mm. terms of ordering and stuff but then that's because I do don't do much time ordering you make sure they're there but do you put the do you write down how long that's going to take no I don't usually there's enough lead in mm-hmm. from projects that we're already doing to be able to plan for the materials we might need mm. and because it's the type of work that it is we tend to have roughly the same kind of materials that we use so we have yep. stock already mm-hmm. and if there's like oh this particular textile needs a particular type of textile fill then that's yep. something that sometimes will only come about if you once you've started the project and yeah. I know this there's a big gap here that you didn't anticipate mm-hmm. so assessment like project assessment I'm pretty good at but it's just knowing can I get these 100 hours into a month and a half mm-hmm. and what will need to happen mm-hmm. in order to allow that is that a bit more like how freelance time management is working for you sort of <laughs> sort of is the answer <laughs> <laughs> I've always struggled with time management. I think it's because very few people have been able to teach me useful tools. Ah. Um, and that's not a diss against anyone. It's more mm. like a, I just think that maybe 
again because I'm neurodiverse maybe I just haven't found the way forward mm-hmm. so I, I think like you I don't necessarily struggle so much with figuring out how long a treatment might take mm-hmm. me because but I think that that's reliant on experience in some yeah. ways where it's like yeah, yeah. oh well last time it took me about that long so this one looks slightly more complicated so let's add some on, t- on top of that and it's quite an organic process mm-hmm. but I think more for me it's <laughs> sort of all the little things around it really like almost like you mentioned Piet in that I always forget how long it takes me to write documentation oh boy yeah that takes yeah, yeah. me a yeah. much longer time yeah. than I think it does yeah. and I'm bad at costing that up because again yeah because I'm not being paid by an institution that must be paid for by the client mm-hmm. because that is a baked in cost because mm-hmm. again it's something I have to do as part mm-hmm. of a conservator yeah, and yeah, blah, yeah. blah 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 yeah. right so I it's not the bit about how long the treatment takes necessarily although that can also go massively wrong because oh can't it yeah absolutely yeah. Even with the best yeah. intentions and with 10 years experience, <laughs> yeah. there'll still be things that blow up in your face and you're like, well, that's oh, going to... That wasn't held pe- together like yeah. I thought it was. It's going to take And me. that'll always be the case with yeah. you know, yeah. object conservation, whatever type of conservation you're yeah. doing, you can open something up and it'd be totally different inside than you yeah. thought. Or yeah. you're taking down a different type of adve- adhesive than you thought yeah. it was and suddenly it's not soluble in anything. <laughs> or, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or someone realises actually it's not safe to do it in this way. So yeah. we're going to have to work well, that's around one of the it. Well, etc. <laughs> yeah. 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 Things can go wrong. Sure. I think how I've approached time management is that I guess as when I was an employee, it tended to be very timesheet based in yes. that. OK. Yeah, yeah. Sort of fill in your hours. How many hours have you worked? And I always overworked compared to the amount of hours I was actually contracted to do mm-hmm. because I was usually part time. In fact, yeah. in almost every job role, I've been part time, but somehow ended up working full time hours. And then having mm. the fun discussion with a line manager, I'm like, so you've accidentally worked like two weeks more than you should have. Like, <laughs> and I really need you to take that time off. But also there's an exhibition on, so you can't really. And like all of this stuff, yeah. right? Where yeah. it, the constant sort of chasing after days of free time when you can't take them and all that stuff. So I tried and things like toggle and sort of time tracking apps. Mm-hmm were helpful to show me how much time I was spending on different things Mm -hmm. because that was one of the things that I struggled with and that did help because sometimes it was just like oh the admin takes forever I was spending all of this time replying to people's emails because Mm. that is the thing we could have had a five-minute conversation or I can spend three hours emailing people yeah (laughs) which one's better um (laughs) but you know all of these things sometimes it's just that you know when you're trapped in in the way that an institution conducts its business that can be really Mm -hmm. difficult to change so when I was employed I struggled with those things where is mm-hmm. my time going not so much treatment time but actually getting time for treatment was a bizarre struggle sometimes yeah. mm-hmm. and arguably that's because I wasn't very good at setting boundaries in that I should have probably just gone into the lab locked the door and gone I don't do emails until Thursday and I don't care what you're saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> all of these lovely emergencies that you're having they don't really concern me because <laughs> I really need to do this but I'm not that kind of person so I no. found that very difficult to do I'm sort of extreme team member in that I'm like yes what can I do to help this is something that we should all tackle together completely forgetting that well, you've got your own shit to do so learning to set boundaries is really really mm-hmm. important because otherwise you don't get your shit done yeah. and that's kind of bad as for when I'm self-employed it's been more about how do I how do I structure my day? Because n- there's no longer a structure imposed on me. Mm-hmm. And 
what does that look like for me as someone with chronic illnesses and like what is it what what works what works for me if mm. i put myself first this has to work for me it's not about people expecting to be able to ring me at nine o'clock in the morning or getting a reply to an email before five it isn't really about those things because this is how i work <laughs> so i make the rules do you and ever set your out of office while you're working uh, sometimes while i'm working but often when i'm off site or something so that people have an expectation of I am really, really away right now. Mm. <laughs> I'm not able to respond <laughs> really to this. Because in, in busy projects, I, I don't very often do it, but I have done. I've done things like setting out of office that says I'm in the middle of a busy project. Mm, I am yeah. checking my emails at 9am and 4pm. Mm. That's a really good idea. If that something's idea. more urgent yeah. than that, either telephone or mm-hmm. get a message to me. Because usually if it's something more urgent than that, it's somebody in-house. Yeah. That wants me that like something's yeah. leaking on something or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. um, and it means that I'm not worrying I'm missing something important mm. because I've communicated to people that I'm not going to be seeing that thing. That's for, a really good idea. Especially yeah. good for exhibition work and stuff. Yeah, it's, when it's often like when it's been exhibitions or big yeah. object moves that mm-hmm. I've done that. Yeah. I'm better at doing it uh, when I'm when I'm off site or something because if it's like if I'm off site working like, like I was recently mm-hmm. for two weeks where mm-hmm. I'm just and that's like literally nine to five and that's doing object during work. that time i'm not going to spare energy no. to then check my emails no. in the evening when it's my free time no. to rest no. so then there's an out of office on saying i'm not going to be looking at emails yeah. for like two weeks yeah. enjoy which is also really helpful <laughs> yes yeah. exactly yeah. so actually and that's been fine no one's kicked up a fuss about that because they mm. just see the out of office and go fair enough yeah. This just reminds me of the funniest thing that I saw, uh, because I don't know if you all remembered this, but there was a th- sort of a trend on Twitter for a bit in one of the stages of the lockdowns uh, <laughs> about what your sort of out of office uh, email reply could be and things like that. And I really liked the extreme mindfulness that came out of some of them where they were like, <laughs> and if it's really urgent, please reconsider. As in, <laughs> is it actually urgent? <laughs> Have a little think. If so, you can call my boss. <laughs> but like, just the sort of delightfulness of like, take a step back and think about if it actually is yeah. important mm. or if you're just sort of being a busybody right now. <laughs> like, you're I just really powering through your emails. Attitude can go to answering emails as well. Yeah, that's true. Is it actually important that you reply to it right now? I sort of see your extreme, like, tired sigh there for some reason. <laughs> is that... What does that stem from? That that stems from my anxiety of forgetting something if I don't do it immediately. I understand that. Yes, I do. I try and do things immediately. Yeah. 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 Because otherwise it's, shit, that happened two days ago. Oh, no, no, no. I have two extreme modes. It's I reply within five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, it's I reply in six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's extreme the concern. Many. That's yeah. the concern. Yeah. So I just sighed tiredly because it's like, oh, yeah. Which means you can control email checking for when you can do that answer yes. immediately. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know what's helped me, and this might sound bizarre, but this is something, this is a time management trick that another freelancer taught me on Twitter. He does a three-minute timer. No email should take longer than three minutes to reply to, reasonably. So he sets a series of three-minute timers. Jesus. And powers through the emails mm-hmm. with a limit, right? Obviously, it can't go on all day. So he'll yeah. set a time slot where it's three-minute timers. And that's the amount of emails he responds to at that time. And either the inbox is clear or everyone else can go away. Because... Wow. 
And it's really helped me because it means that I don't sit there agonizing for ages about how to best respond and support this person oh, what I in do. their five million different <laughs> questions. And instead, I can just be like, here's a quick answer. If you need to talk more about this, let's meet up for coffee or let's do something else. Yeah, okay. Because email is really tiring, actually. Like, mm. why would I even spend more than three minutes on that message unless it was something super in-depth and actually vitally important? In which case, it's allowed to take longer. But 99% of my emails aren't more important. Like, no, they're not. 99% aren't. And I very rarely clear my inbox. I just don't have time. I get so many yeah. emails. Yeah, yeah. Most years, because I tend to work between Christmas and New Year, mm. I have a bit of a clear out because there's, um, there's a lot of people on holiday at that yeah. point and it's a nice time where I can just clear things out and if there's anything I've missed, which you, there's always something that you miss at some point, I pick yeah. it up, send an apology, I'm really sorry I've <clears> missed <throat> this, I've been really busy, whatever the thing is. Yeah. But that usually I find if I've missed something that actually somebody really needs a response... I haven't meant to miss it on my sort of first thing in the mm. morning or last thing at yeah. day checking. And even if I'm not doing an out and off office to say that's what I tend to try and check my emails at those mm -hmm. times anyway, because mm -hmm. otherwise I would just sit at my desk all day going yeah. through yeah. emails. Yeah, exactly. Then I will just pick things up. And if something's really urgent, people get back in touch with you. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, right? Let's I was expressing yeah, yeah. this the other day because I had this sort of little epiphany as I was walking home. I love walking home for that reason, <laughs> where you sort of process the day and then you let go mm -hmm. and it's nice. And sometimes a little thought bubbles up and you're like, I like that. <laughs> and this little thought that bubbled up was just like, I'd done the thing where I'd actually gotten around to replying mm -hmm. to some really overdue emails. And, you know, doing the standard apology of like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I let this go for way too long. This is still relevant, etc. Mm -hmm. Here's an, here's an answer. Mm -hmm. And the number of people who do the same thing back where it's like, oh, my God. It's been three months. Uh, yeah. It was, I just realized that you're not a bad grown-up if it took you three months. It actually happens to all of us. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's completely normal yeah, yeah. in a really overwhelming world. Yeah. And you should stop feeling bad because if it's really important, people will call you about it or yeah, email back. Email. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or in some yeah. other way remind you that yeah. actually this is important. I would like you to prioritize it. It's... yeah not the end of the world so we need to be more patient uh, that's with, the with step ourselves. one of time, man time management be more mm. patient with ourselves and with others like if you know very yeah. well that you've left an email for four weeks without responding to it then also give other people yeah the benefit of the doubt like no they're not just being rude they are probably busy yeah. they, <laughs> they are probably overwhelmed or yeah. exactly yeah. exactly overwhelmed or distracted or tired or off sick yeah. or you know like a million yeah, things yeah. and how urgent was the reply yeah. yeah on the subject of email that's sort of how i feel yeah i feel like i've had quite an easy ride of the email thing oh, because i've never i've been a manager briefly mm. providing maternity cover but this was 2021 and COVID time where yes I was in charge of things but part for part of that time I was on furlough so legally not allowed to be in charge of things yeah. <laughs> and the other times it was you know people like various projects were on hold mm. I did some you know client-based communications but a lot of the responses to that were terribly sorry I've been on furlough and there's no staff capacity end of email that's I mean, quite easy in a way it was quite quite a chill time in some ways because uh, a lot of people were just like yeah. either you agree to buy an out of office of 
<laughs> we're all on furlough or everything's yeah. closed go home <laughs> but that kind of permission you gave yourself to feel okay with it's fine to say there's no capacity yeah 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 that should just continue yeah that yeah. should be all the so time that, that yeah, kind that's of true, yeah. the time management of like feeling like you should be fitting everything in obviously if you've got certain things you have to do like work so many paid um externally paid mm. hours or something like that that's fine but to then respond to whether it's people within your organization or externally to mm. say we won't have capacity to that to do that bit until yeah or if it's something that's urgent internally to say i can fit that in but that's going to take me four hours yeah it means this other thing needs what or what thing can i shift by four hours that's something that mm. I've and i only think that's fairly the bit a lot of people had yeah. people say to me mm. about you know what okay what should i not do perhaps we should ask you how you do time management in your workplace in your situation because mm-hmm. you're not only you're employed by the museum yeah um and you manage the museum but also a team of people mm-hmm. at and do are they all doing different roles yeah yes they're all different so what's your experience with time management in that respect so huge question yeah i mean it's it's difficult to fit everything in because we're so busy but i don't find for me time management is something i naturally find if i'm asked to do something by a set time i don't find it hard to work out how something's a bit like how you said your manager kind of has this feel for that's how long something will take Yeah, yeah yeah i think part of that though in my head is if i'm looking at a project i will think okay that's gonna do can do that in about four weeks i will say it will be done by four weeks plus two weeks ah yes mm-hmm. because i always have a massive amount of core work that needs to be mm, done yeah so it's not like if i've given myself an extra two weeks i'm going to be swanning around doing nothing mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> because i never have nothing no. to do there's always far yeah. too much to do yeah 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 but what that then gives me is the contingency space which always happens where somebody comes running in going the ceiling's leaking onto the birds can you come and empty <laughs> yeah. 10 cases <laughs> or something like that yeah mm-hmm. just in which... a, just all in a day's work exactly. <laughs> yeah. or somebody's off sick and you need to cover a different department yeah mm. okay for me it's more about what i always add on rather than necessarily the ability to estimate time because i do think that's a certain learned process and i understand if somebody's new in the profession it's going to take them a while because it's not an absolute science and there's a bit of obviously there's a science to how long it'll take to make up an adhesive or something like that Mm -hmm. but objects do give you different gifts each time you work on them <laughs> and sometimes it's all oh, that's dissolved much more quickly than i did yeah, oh, brilliant. yeah, yeah. oh look yeah. it's looking sparkly and clean and beautiful and i haven't got to do everything i thought yeah, i'd have to do yeah yeah but sometimes <laughs> the complete opposite mm. and so some of that is you get a feel for oh, i can see that object isn't really easy to read so i'm gonna make it a longer estimate rather yes. than it being a precise and that n- sort of reading of an object I think that takes a bit of experience mm. to get to that level of being more accurate and mm. how long yeah. things will take. Yeah. yeah. And even once you've got to that level of being more accurate, there's always surprises that get thrown mm-hmm. in. Yeah. So I think if you're talking about somebody who's gone through that initial planning, and I think while somebody's going through that initial learning, it's so valuable, even if you're not required to do it for any kind of reporting, 
to make yourself a note either in your head or written down of I think this is going to take me 10 hours and at the end this took me nine hours this took me 12 hours so that you're starting and you gradually over time that gap narrows Mm -hmm. but yeah I think the contingency time is the bit that a lot of people don't build in enough of Mm -hmm. and contingency time for me does not include any of the setting up the lab ordering things writing no. up getting yeah, yeah. things out all of those should be parts of your initial time planning mm-hmm. yeah so there's certain bits of time planning that i think people forget about when they're doing their time planning mm. and then that becomes their contingency and it shouldn't oh, be I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the contingency yeah, yeah. should be for an unknown yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's because snowed all... and there's no transport yeah. to work that day i've lost yeah. a whole day <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, you've already bought all of the materials. You yes, need, you've already exactly. Or there was a fire alarm that day, so none of us could be in the building, yeah. and then we found the problem. Yeah, COVID happens, and you've lost yeah. months of treatment time. Yeah, mm. oh my God. so <laughs> yeah, I think there's that with managing people time management. I think it's just almost doubling everything you're expecting. It, in terms it of takes time, up so much time. Yeah, oh, I see. Yeah, so I try to be really structured around having. A one-to-one at a month, uh, each month with every member of the team for the set amount of time. Mm-hmm. But while I aim for in my head it taking this amount of time on my diary planner, I double it because you don't know when you're going to turn up and somebody's had a crisis at home and they want to talk mm-hmm. that through as well or something yeah. is stressing them about something they're worried <clears throat> at work. Yeah, and there's nothing or- worse than a meeting than like your manager watching the clock as you're talking to them about something important like i know but we've only got another two minutes and it's like this is important though yeah or that person's come up with a really cool idea for something to do for an exhibition Mm. or something and you then you're like actually this needs some support because there's some it could be really good marketing for the service or something else Mm. that time needs to be able to flex a bit and if things go well and you're you're not needing the full amount of time there are always other things to mm. do mm-hmm. so i try and build in as much structure around the kind of regular stuff as i can and then yeah project management i try and be quite tight on mm-hmm. how it works delegation as much as possible of things that don't directly need my time as well so what kind of thing would you de- delegate for example if it was something that needed updating every week for a project I might start doing it, then ask somebody else to do it. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, tracking how, what the progress has been. That kind of doesn't matter what bit of it, that yeah. sort of delegation of it, I really try and think about and pass on as much as I can. Mm. Well, so I don't really use any tools or techniques. I use spreadsheets and tables and things. I like colour coding stuff just because I find it easier to read yeah. and <laughs> to yeah, share with mm-hmm. people. But that's just very much how I learn and how I like looking at things. It's very different for others. I like checklists. Really yeah, checklists. Checklists are life. Mm, yeah. yeah, I like checklists. But yeah. it's sort of like a project management tool that Adam Savage uses. Mm-hmm. And he talked about it in his book. That's about he sort of half colours in a box on a checklist. If it's a prog- in progress project, for example. If the task is in progress, so you still yeah. see progress. Like uh-huh. And you don't get to like fully colour it in and possibly cross it off until you're completely done. I think I've changed with checklists a bit as i've gone through my career because i i like lists like if i'm at home tidying up i'll do a list of all the things i want to do start at the top just work my way down don't stop (laughs) until they're all done brilliant yeah but in work particularly when it's busy 
I'm conscious. I haven't always got time to write out everything I need to do because mm-hmm. I could spend half a day writing a list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do not have time to waste half a day writing a list. Mm-hmm. So I try and do sort of project planning for the beginnings of projects and something like that. And then if I'm having a day where I'm finding it harder to focus and we all have them, I then at the beginning of the day will write down just maybe two or three key things I want to achieve that day Mm. that must be achieved and I will get those done. Mm. But I try not to spend hours going back through everything, finding every tiny thing that needs to be done and writing it out. Okay. Because otherwise, Mm. one, it's really stressful because there's always so much to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And two... By the end of a day, I look like I've maybe ticked off one or two things and that's stressful because there's still an ginormous <laughs> amount of stuff there to do. I sort of do something similar in that I had the sort of perpetual list of like, here are, here are my tasks and mm. sometimes... <laughs> yeah, but sometimes you get to fully cross something off and it's very yeah. satisfying. And sometimes you just need to write the list again because it's too messy. You can barely see what you're doing with it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like Those are exceptions. But... Again, I seem to be picking up a lot of tools from people on Twitter. Uh, this this is my life. Someone who struggles with extreme anxiety and, and, and depression that I follow, they said that one of their ways of structuring their day better in a way that they can sort of forgive themselves um, is to uh, sort of designate it into chunks. So mm-hmm. she divides it into four chunks. Each chunk has a task. So if the first one doesn't get achieved because they couldn't get out of bed because their energy levels were extremely low, you can still have a go at chunk number two. Like your day isn't ruined because that was the one thing you were meant to do that day I like and it didn't that. get done. I like that. And it's really helped me because mm. it means that it feels more achievable. So it's almost like going, these are the priorities for the day. Mm-hmm. Like these are the things that were really achieved. So if number one didn't get done, do you just ditch it off and start at number two? Or Usually, would you move yes, number one to number two? I've sort of written it down in like, uh, these are the blocks that are possible. So if the first one is just like, I can't do emails today because my brain is just not wired for it today, uh-huh. then there's no point in trying to push through and put that as number two today because you're still not going to be mm-hmm. in the right headspace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that just gets ditched, in which case you can move on to task number two and have a go at that. And mm-hmm. usually that's enough for me to be able to succeed at task number two, in which case I am absolutely ready for task number three and four. Yeah. It's not a problem. And sometimes you have pumped up enough yeah. to visit task number one, yes, potentially. potentially. Yeah. Or that can go on tomorrow's yeah, list, because, because ultimately tomorrow. there's a day tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And actually it's really helped. And I don't know if that's helpful to anyone else, but it has been a really good motivational tool so I don't lose motivation because it's like, oh, there's no point in trying to do anything with my day because mm-hmm. I couldn't write an email first thing in the morning. Instead, okay, move on to the next project that you've allowed yourself to do for this chunk of the day. It sense. actually really helps. Well, it helps me anyway. It's interesting because I don't think I've ever really thought about time management that much just because I just do it. Yeah. Thinking about it. the thing and that's I, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I usually do is if I've got lots of tasks to do, I do the thing I least want to do first. Yes. To get it out of the way. To get it out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. then everything else is nicer. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually finance stuff that I hate doing. I'm good at it yeah. when I focus on doing it. I just, it's so boring. Yeah. No, I would same. so rather not oh, yes. do credit card returns or something like that. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's awful. Yeah. But I just get it done. And then I'm not thinking, oh, I've got to do this. This is the worst thing. And it's looming over me all day. Yeah. 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 What, and then good, getting yeah. to the fun stuff. And also that means I have, it feels like most of the day on the fun stuff, even if actually the thing I didn't want to do takes me quite a long time. Hmm. It's yeah. kind of freed it up the headspace. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I like that. Yeah. Serotonin yeah. boost. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I work on the mega list. You have uh, the mega list. Format. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've talked about this on the show before. Mega list. Maybe. Yeah. So it's just, it's one lit rolling list mm-hmm. that every so often when the list gets too long and I've crossed some things off, but I'm still working on the same list, I turn the page and rewrite it or, you know, yeah. whatever. I have a notebook and sometimes there's a list on it and mm. on the pages and whatever. Yeah, I have a notebook as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, and that is so that I write down everything that I have to do mm-hmm. because of the way my brain works. I can't hold things in my head. And I'm I'm amazed if you can work in a way as to only write down some of the things you need to do in a day because... I can't hold them in my head. I have to have... If it, if I've got loads of different tasks to mm-hmm. do in a day, I have to have them all written down because if I don't forget something, I will feel anxious all day that I have forgotten to do something. Mm. Um, and often, if I haven't got it in my diary, but I know I have to do it, I might go into work remembering that I have a meeting with so-and-so at 10.30 and have planned my day around it and I can still forget... And so people know to just call me and say, were we meeting up with you or down? Because they, (laughs) they, you know, a lot of people have worked with me for a while and they know that it's not because I don't care about it. It might be just that I've forgotten to look at my diary and I I forget to look at my diary so rarely these days that it doesn't often happen. It's usually it's a mistake that Um. I've forgotten to written it to write it down Mm -hmm. or it's not on the mega list because I was, you know, told that I had to do this thing away from the mega list and I didn't Mm -hmm. have a chance to write it down. And I've, I've started setting loads of reminders on my phone. But that really works for me. The list works for me because I can see everything I need to do but it's also because it rolls over every month or so I know what I'm writing down repeatedly mm-hmm. so ah, okay. for example yes, tube order is at the top of my list I do need to do it I don't need to do it now mm-hmm. we probably won't be using the tubes until next year but I do need to do it at some point I technically have two lists <gasps> Okay. One is just to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the other one is on a rainy day. Yes. Which is where the long-term tasks like yeah, yeah. that tube order yeah, or yeah, equivalent yeah. Yeah, right, would be. Yeah, this blog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, these are low priority, but they should be done. Or not low priority, more like they're not as time sensitive as the other mm-hmm. ones. Things like that. I tend to, I really actively use Outlook. And ah. the first thing I do in a day is I always check my Outlook. Mm, routinely yes. yeah 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 and if it's something well. like a tube order or something like that mm. i would not have it on a to-do list what i'd do is like a month before i need them whatever the lead-in time mm. for the order would be i put in my diary order this today mm-hmm. uh, mm. okay and then it's not only out of my head i've given it a time to do that thing okay and it, i give it so it's got enough lead-in mm. to do it and so then that time is committed mm-hmm I'm not going to not have enough time to do it. But yeah. it's also not on a list of stuff to do. Because it's not really a project. It's not really mm, mm. something. And it's probably a five minute job. Yeah. I use Outlook quite actively like that. I find this interesting because I'm awful at using digital calendars. Mm-hmm. I Same. cannot I'm getting better, deal but, with it. Yeah. And I, I think it's just because I'm sort of extremely visual in how I remember things. Mm. So having it sort of out of sight, out of mind, in a different tab or closed down or gone away, that <laughs> doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I just delete. 
even though it's there and I could look at it I don't yeah. remember to look and I think that's a real problem for me personally so I tend to have like a paper diary or like a uh-huh. calendar on the wall or I did for um, years because I'm really visual yeah so I that helps me so much to have things written down mm-hmm. physically because then there's something about the writing it physically writing, that somehow yeah. it reinforces mm-hmm. the memory which mm-hmm. is nice for me so that bit really works for me it's good that we have different tools because we're all different people mm-hmm. and different things yeah. work for us Something I really enjoyed when I worked in an institution was that I had something called circular planners. So it shows the year as a wheel mm-hmm. um, Ooh, with all the dates. Okay. These were brilliant. Yeah. I downloaded them free off the internet. They were great. <laughs> <laughs> and I printed them like A0, huge. Because there were so many things that come around annually, like your pest checks, the next exhibition cycle, mm-hmm. when the shop's been need to, mm. needs to be collected or whatever. <laughs> yeah, All of those things, they were so convenient to put in there in different colours and stuff like that that it worked so well because i could see the cycle and other people could visualize oh yeah it comes around again (laughs) and it's like yeah that's how that's how time works um (laughs) (laughs) that's on a yearly cycle um but sort of like how disconnected people were from Mm -hmm. sort of visualizing it like that was Mm. really interesting it doesn't work for me so much anymore because like it's much more ad hoc now because i don't have those sorts of like built-in things like this is when i check the pest traps and Mm. this is when i do that and that sort of thing i can look at my pest trap whenever i want there's one (laughs) then it doesn't help me so much now but it did help me then so i'm just hoping that by mentioning it maybe someone else Mm. wants to try it because i was surprised by how much it helped other people i've forgotten about episode recordings yeah on a number of occasions haven't i yeah not that many not as many as you think i think maybe three yeah which is not bad considering nearly 100 episodes yeah true yes that's a low percentage three percent that's very low that's That's pretty low low. i was in the bath once and i was eating scrambled eggs another time oh yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) that's true yeah and one time i think we were just like are you coming (laughs) yes (laughs) that's right it's really not been that bad scrambled eggs bath time and where where is chloe (laughs) that's it it's not bad Everything can be a surprise to me. And yeah. so I can find it quite stressful for a reminder to pop on my fo- up on my phone. And, you know, even for like my personal life, call Boilerman is, was the mo- one of the most recent ones <laughs> or, or pay dance agent, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if I've thoroughly forgotten to do that, it can be a bit like, oh, God, I've <clears throat> oh, what else have I forgotten kind of thing? Oh, weird. OK. Yeah. I find that... I don't really like reminders on my phone so much because they stress me out along with a lot of notifications. I find them very overwhelming. Yeah, I don't mm. use them on my phone that often. I'll have alarms on my phone when yeah, there's something alarm, very important yeah. that I need to do or something regular that I'm bad at remembering. Like I try to do exercises from the physio three mm-hmm. times a day. So that's those are three alarms that go off every day. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter what I'm doing. Either I dismiss it because I'm in a car or on a yeah, train or yeah. something, <laughs> which has very much been what I've been doing today. Um, <laughs> uh, or on a boat. Um, <laughs> but uh, the point being that they're always there, so I do actually look at my phone and go, I need to take a break now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spend mm-hmm. five minutes doing these exercises and that's going to be fine. That I'm okay with. But that's sort of, that's probably my hard limit. I don't think I can have like loads of little reminders on my phone. Because I think, I think it just... Yeah, I don't have lots on my phone. The phone's already stressful enough. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad it's not just me that finds it stressful. Because though I, though I use it as a crutch, I find it a little bit too stressful. Yeah. So it might not be a good tool for me. Yeah. 
yeah i don't i don't use my phone alarms that much at all but for some people it's essential yeah absolutely. so yeah for me they're for getting up in the morning although i don't hear it <laughs> yeah. but yeah. the cat hears it and then ah. he comes and wakes me up so oh, that works perfect. really well yes <laughs> that's good yeah that's good or for something like like our boiler for example if i don't want to waste loads of gas yeah I'll put a timer for however much time after that when I know the boiler, mm. the hot water's going to be hot mm-hmm. and it'll go off. So then it reminds me to go and turn it off because otherwise I will just forget I've turned the boiler on or I won't forget yeah. I've turned it on. It'll just be, <clears throat> I'll be reading a good book. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. what it usually is. Yeah. And then like three hours later, I'm still reading the good book and crap, I've wasted two hours of gas that I didn't need to waste. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. But I don't tend to have lots of regular alarm reminders. Mm-hmm. But then I tend to remember if it's stuff I'm doing, I tend to remember the things I need to do unless it's something that's like like an MOT that's once a year. Mm, yeah. Mm. I'm not too bad with the once a year big life things like car insurance or okay. MOT. Because it always or, happens at the same time. Because it always time. happens, yeah. So I associate it with a certain time of year. Yeah. Also, like, it's autumn, it's MOT season. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love it. Okay. I also feel that time management in a workplace has to do with how we work with other people. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I'm learning as I'm at my workplace longer and longer. Uh, previously, I'd never worked for somewhere long enough for people to really get to know me. It was mm-hmm. more like me hiding the way that I my brain worked. But now people know me enough to know that they can, for example, rely on my measurements, rely on my opinion, that I can be interrupted and I will do things at short notice, but also that if I haven't turned up to something, it's because I've forgotten. Or mm-hmm. if I haven't provided those measurements that I'm really good at, it's because I've forgotten that I haven't sent you the email. Or, or mm-hmm. like, people yeah. now have that sort of element of patience with me, which is... And that's the benefit of the, benefit, the longer yeah. contracts. Or when you've had clients, if you're freelance, when you've got clients you're going back to, it's yeah. people knowing how you work. Yeah, exactly. And you're a balanced individual for everybody. There's some stuff yeah. that you're really good at that you're always on it with. There'll be some stuff that is harder work for you. Yeah. We all have different things like that. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. it is a thing that's harder with shorter term contracts because people don't necessarily see that balance. Yeah, They'll, exactly. If stuff's going well, great, the project's going on. If something goes wrong, that's the thing that they will notice. Yeah. Or if it's done super well, that's the thing they'll notice. Yeah. They don't see. they Because the stuff that just rolls on is actually mm. usually the stuff you're really good at. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And that's where in an institution when you're there for a long time, then people are like, oh, well, that's the thing that person's super reliable at. I'll go to that person for that thing to be done. Yeah. Uh, Hmm. I feel like in my place of work, we've been on sort of panic stations for a long time now. Yeah. Like it's been too busy and too rushed for a while. And we've had quite a few changing deadlines as you know as something's been pushed over and pushed over Mm -hmm. and pushed over um and that's something i've struggled with because i've not known what the goal is um but i feel it's possible to quite easily get into the habit of going well i'm just going to do this for this small amount of time i'm just going to work overtime for this small amount of time or i'm just going to you know work till 10 a.m at 10 sorry just going to work at 10 (laughs) p.m Until until 10 a.m., you definitely yeah exactly do wrong. It's going wrong. It's going wrong. Not, (laughs) but that's that's not time management. No, No. that's just yeah. That's just being a monster. Unhealthy work-life balance. Absolutely, (laughs) yeah. And I think that's partly when it feels that busy. It's because people 
aren't putting the boundaries in place and I don't just mean the people uh, who are being asked to do the work I mean the managers as well yes. aren't saying to their staff if this is taking you longer than your 30 how many hours a week it is you mm. work you need to come back to me and tell me mm-hmm. so that they're facilitating that time management yeah. to happen yeah because otherwise unrealistic goals will always be set because what you're producing is not 37 hours a week worth of work it's 52 hours a week yeah. worth of work yeah and your managers aren't seeing it yeah Whereas I'd be quite happy to, so long as when as and when I've got the energy, when we've done a big new gallery install or something like that, there have certainly been times more than once where I've met colleagues before 7am in the morning to have a massive breakfast, work till after midnight, gone home, crashed for a few hours and started again. Yeah. That's not healthy. <laughs> for a short, concentrated period of time, happen, if yeah. things have been needed to be mm, done yeah. for a couple of weeks, at the end of it, I'm dead on my feet, but it gets the thing opened on time because that's that's one of those examples where if you've got a big published deadline for opening and mm. you've invited lots of vips you're not going to not make that opening no. not yeah. unless something really drastic happens like the gallery ceiling falls down yeah you know nothing <laughs> yeah, beyond something like that <laughs> yeah beyond something how like that do it's we, not gonna happen. how do we manage that time how do we lessen that impact are there ways mm. around this and what can what the struggles So for me, that's usually the exception rather than the norm. Yeah. So I can think of probably three occasions in my professional life that that's happened. Okay. So it's really not the norm. No. And it's usually where some big external thing has impacted either a build Uh, at no notice or a... somebody's needed a space for something so i've had to clear a space at no notice something like that the big external thing you can i think it's got better through the years in that i communicate more about well if you're expecting me to do this if i know that it's vaguely on the cards it will take me this long Mm. but there's always times where something doesn't happen Mm -hmm. you know mounts don't turn up for an exhibition (laughs) Yep. Uh, that's quite a common one. Now I'd say with that, if you if you know a particular mount maker takes stuff really really late, well then it's getting them the data earlier. But it's yeah. you know I can limit it by working with people mm-hmm. that I know who are going to provide at set times mm. or something like that. Those rare occasions, mm. there isn't much you can do. No. And I think that's just life. You know, yes, yeah, yeah. There's times in life where fine, stuff too. gets really busy and it's mm-hmm. hard. What I would say is if if actually, and maybe linking back to the other session we talked about where we were talking about disability and things, if you know that you don't in your body cannot do that many hours yeah. in a day, yeah. at that point I would then be asking for some assistance. Yeah. Yeah. If it's an external yeah. thing that I wasn't expecting, yeah. I would be saying, okay, this has made a big difference. I think it's reasonable to say, can I buy in four days of help or whatever yeah. it is? And that perhaps ought to be part of the contingency planning for the project so i suppose that would be a way that would help that Mm. and i've certainly like rushed to get some extra volunteers in things but Mm -hmm. i think if you can do it with paid work that's the best yeah yeah Yeah, obviously day to day i don't tend to find i'm working like that and i think that's probably just because of how i plan stuff day to day it's really hard to think about yeah do you find yourself having to say no yes (laughs) how do we approach that I don't know, I just say no. <laughs> I just say, I can do that thing, but it's not going to happen before the end of November. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, because yeah. I was going to say, two, yeah. things, two things spring to mind here, because someone else told me that you can you can say yes, but you can say yes, but it's going to happen 
in three months' time when I have a slot open. Mm-hmm, like, it's yeah. not happening now. I'm not dropping everything for you. That's yeah. not happening. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting way of handling it. And um, the other day when I was lamenting saying no to things, uh, someone reframed it in like, it's just that you're being more selective about your saying yes to. Yeah. Sort of less about the negativity and more about it is time management in that it's like, yeah. yes, but with these repercussions. Or like, it's, right, it's, yeah, yeah. It's not even necessarily a but. It's a, somebody says, I need you to do this. And I will go, yes, I can do this. The only time I can do it is from the 1st of November onwards. I'm not saying, no, I can't do that thing. Sometimes I absolutely just say, no, I can't do that thing. Yeah, yeah it happens. Um, quite often it's, no, that's not my role. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think about the impact on the other people who I've said yes to doing things for. Mm, yeah so if i'm having if i'm saying yes to something extra does that then mean i haven't got enough time to do the quality of the work i wanted to do on the thing that i said i would do yeah Mm. or does it mean i'm not going to get it done when i said i would get it done then i'd feel bad about doing that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. yeah something i found yesterday actually was that i was meant to be doing a bit of prep work for the exhibition Mm. but the mounts hadn't arrived and they are due to arrive on Monday. So mm. it's fine. It's not going to hold it up that yeah. much. But it was like, oh, so what now kind of thing? And I'm, it's in my head mm-hmm. to be, you know, I need to be doing this. This yeah. is the project that I'm working on. This is the priority that I'm working mm. on. And it did, it took me a little while, but I did then go, okay, well, I'll look at my list, the long list of things and just select a thing that I yeah. can achieve from it. So I wrote a blog post for mm-hmm. the website. What else have we got on the list? I feel like we've actually covered quite a lot of them. We have. I think suddenly priority is something that... What is suddenly priority? Suddenly (laughs) priority. You made me write this on the piece of paper. I did. Can you explain yourself? I with suddenly priority. Yeah, it's... Okay. By that, it is... Oh, I thought this would be really good. Oh. Or uh, somebody wants to do... The BBC wants to come in and do some filming. Mm. Can you have this ready? Or can you be working here on this date? Mm. And it's like tomorrow afternoon or, Mm. hi, we're just doing this. Do you think you could just do this? Mm. Or, oh no, the gallery ceiling has fallen down. (laughs) We have to clear it all out. (laughs) Those fall into two things. Mm. There's the can use and the must. Ah, yeah. Because one is like, can you just... Yeah. Level. Oh, could you just quickly? Yeah. Yeah. So can those. Just... Yeah. If I have time and I can please the person, brilliant. If I don't, mm. and if the, if it's not a must, yeah. Delegate. Mm-hmm. Explain how. Yeah. Whatever the thing might be. Mm-hmm. If it's a must, there's water pouring through a ceiling. <laughs> um, the Queen has died. We need to put on some exhibition. Part of the response, oh, you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. we can't not do it. Yeah, as a public yeah. service. Oh, of course, the public service element yes. with the Queen dying. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then, at that point, it's okay. This is the priority. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to focus on. Yeah. And it's about where I can making it small enough that it would fit into the number of hours I have without having to stay late if it's something like objects rescue because it's a disaster yeah it's yeah, a disaster all, that's yeah, rare all bets are well, off. yeah yeah rare than it should be but it's rare that that yeah. happens yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah um usually it's something like 
not usually the Queen dies, but that type of event. <laughs> Suddenly an exhibition is yeah. needed for an event that we didn't yeah, know. Yeah. Or yeah. there's a dignitary coming and we need to get these things out. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. along those lines. Hopefully yeah. the ambassador is coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, those things, it's more about the scale of what we mm, do. Yeah. So, you know, the Queen dies. It could have been we put on a massive exhibition. We did not have the time. No, yeah, okay. So the yeah, scale yeah. of what we did do was some social media posts, a couple of cases, a nice little display. But it wasn't huge. It wasn't things that needed conservation. No. Mm-hmm. It yeah. wasn't yeah. things yeah, yeah. or things that just needed a quick dust or something rather mm-hmm. than... So I think for me that's then about communicating how much, what scale I could produce for that thing. So a lot of it's communication. Mm. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a really good point. And asking for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just moving things around. Because mm-hmm. it will always happen. Yeah. And that's because, I suppose, in museums, we're, we're so keen on what we do. Mm. We also want to do a good job. So, yes. And we're interested in it. So a lot. I think a lot of the problems stem from the fact that someone will say there's this really cool thing and there's opportunity mm. uh, which would we like to do and obviously the sort of reaction of the heart is to go absolutely that's fantastic yeah. but we just don't it's sort of all hands on deck all the time so it's quite difficult to mm-hmm. squeeze that in so you go from being overworked to being excessively overworked in order to achieve that mm. um, and I think institutionally people are like the management side of things are looking into like building in contingency and trying to like allow to be reactionary it's called mm-hmm. hey, Kato. maybe reactionary is a good word at this point that is yeah. it's the ability yeah. to be able to put on or to provide a service that is not in the the long plan because yeah. at the end you have to it, be a little bit reactionary it's yeah when everything is reactionary that's oh, a real problem yes yeah yes, and that's when it, it gets really hard. i mean i think that's what a lot of people found with covid because you were yeah having to change every plan every time a date changed or there was another mm. lockdown or something else and it was really that's, yeah. I think that's why there's this yeah. sort of communal stress memory from it that yes. people are going to have to deal yes. with over the next few years yeah, yeah yeah and you know when you're in a time of crisis like a pandemic or a war mm. or something like that mm. that's the mentality people go into yeah but you can't sustain that for your lifetime no you can't. if you know anyone listening to this is sort of working like that because they're an early career and they're you know oh this is a you know six month contract and if I do well then I'll get a further three months of blah 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 we've said this before on this podcast don't destroy yourself in order yeah. to do that no. it's not you know Mm-mm. if they've got the money they'll keep you if they don't they probably they they can't and it's yeah. not about whether you've broken your back in order to deliver something that would just be nice no and if you're at that level as well normally the amount of work to be done and the time scales for it has been set by somebody else yeah. who has experience in it yeah 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 so achieving it super early because you can drain yourself to nothing to do something. <laughs> yeah. Well, potentially could make that person go, oh, this is achievable in this amount of time. And uh, not just on yourself, uh, but is it fair yeah. on anybody else yeah. to put people in that position? No. Yeah, you know, if they isn't. were willing to give that yeah. amount of time for a project, because that's a reasonable amount of time, which if it's a project manager, they're probably used to assessing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. What would you say to someone in their early career and uh, they maybe are trying to, starting to manage 
juggle different projects, Mm -hmm. what would you say to them? I think if they're freelancing and it's juggling between different organisations, it's a bit of trial and error and hit and miss and getting used to how much your own time Mm. actually takes. And I think that is a learning curve and there will be times where people work more than they should Mm. or when suddenly they've got more time than they would expect free and then they're not being paid for a bit of that time that they would hope for. I think that's a bit of, I think maybe just reassuring people that it gets better than that first bit of time as people learn. Yeah. Um, I think if it's for an institution, it's relying on others. Mm. And if it doesn't feel right, maybe talking to other people who've been there for longer to say, is it normal for this amount of, for it to be taking, something to be either taking this long or for me to be staying, feeling like I need to stay late an extra two hours every day. Ah, yeah, yeah. And it can be hard as a conservator because quite often you're the only one in institutions. So I think mm. that's where networking with others mm-hmm. in institutions outside yeah, your own can yeah, be really yeah. helpful. It was a bit of an abrupt ending. Uh, sorry about that. It is how it goes sometimes when you do live recordings. Anyway, we would love to hear from you guys. What do you use for time management? Do you have any tools or techniques that you like using? Not just for estimates, but, you know, in general, managing your day to day life. They're all the other tasks. Uh, around being a conservator that isn't necessarily just about treatment options. Let us know. We would love to hear from you. Dear Jane, how do I manage collections care in my own home and protect things from the most destructive biological agent of decay known to humans? It enjoys casually pushing fragile objects off surfaces to create a bigger space to stretch out, particularly when watched. Dear P, thank you for your question. There was something of a clue about your biological agent of deterioration, but you should never make assumptions. It makes an ass out of you and me, don't you know? So although there was a cat emoji, you didn't say which your biological agent of decay was, and it did make me wonder... There's a number of possibilities. Obviously, a furry friend is one of them. But it struck me that this may also be a teenager, particularly one that hasn't learned to shave, or even perhaps your very own furry poltergeist. So I'm not going to make too many assumptions about it. But here's my thoughts. If when you come home, there's something that wants your attention, and if it doesn't get your attention, it's pushing things off your surfaces, things that you value, then it strikes me that whoever your domestic cohabitee is, they've worked out pretty quickly where your priorities lie. And it appears to be small, fragile objects on surfaces. Now, as a fellow conservator, I do understand that. We do like our things. But let me put it to you this way. If you were going to write a collections management plan for your own home, where would you put stakeholder management? Because I think this is one of your key stakeholders in the house. And I wonder if your stakeholder consultation is falling in just a little bit short of what it should be. If this critical stakeholder wants more of your attention and what you're saying is you can't give it your attention, then I would ask you to check your priorities. Perhaps you need to spend a little bit more of your day sorting out lovely, cosy stretching places for your teenager or your poltergeist or your cat giving the stakeholder all the attention that they need when you get home and perhaps then worry less about fragile objects. And then, because I'm always big on making an opportunity, if you do have some broken fragile objects, sweep them all up 
make sure you get all the parts, label them all, and get in touch with a lovely, lovely conservation lab somewhere. Preferably, <laughs> um, if you can't afford it, maybe the conservation lab of some students. I might know something about that. And maybe we can have a chance to get some fixing done and have a chance to meet up. So let's find the opportunities in every situation. But, you know, you want to do a conservation management plan. If you aren't going to start with your users, where are you going to start? I hope that helps you with your answer to your question. Over and out. As always, we welcome your comments, questions and corrections. Uh, this time we've got loads of lovely comments that we've just forgotten to read out. Uh, someone asked us if we'll be doing wall calendars for 2023. And unfortunately, we just can't afford to bulk order any this time. So it's it's not going to happen this year. Sorry, guys. But we are hoping to do them for the year after that. So keep an eye out for 2024 once. Uh, hopefully we'll be a little bit better budget wise that year. On the subject of things you can buy in the shop, though, we do still have a couple of old Christmas card designs and we've also got some nice little gifts uh, that might be suitable for a secret Santa at work or for a friend who works in museums or in conservation. So do check that out. It's seaward.show slash shop. Uh, anything that you buy does uh, help us pay our bills uh, and uh, contribute towards keeping the show running. So thank you, guys. We've had two people write in and say that they've successfully gotten jobs after listening to our job interview and also our portfolio episode. Uh, you guys did all the hard work there. That's up to you. Congratulations, both of you. Uh, but I'm really glad to hear that it helped somehow. Thanks, guys. And well done. Someone who wants to be anonymous writes in and says that they've found that the disability and conservation episode was really helpful to them uh, as a way of feeling less lonely in the conservation profession so uh, thank you so much for sharing that with us we really really appreciate that and uh, you know sometimes that is exactly the outcome that we're after that you just feel a little bit more represented so thank you for letting us know Lydia writes in and points out that uh, Chloe should be able to access uh, a UK scheme called Access to Work for her dyslexia, for example. And that is a good point. I can't remember if that made it into the disabilities episode, but Access to Work is a great scheme that is available for all UK conservatives with disabilities, not just conservatives. Anyone with disabilities in the UK uh, should be able to use the Access to Work scheme. Uh, that is something that you can look up on the government website. And Lydia, we would love to come and visit you in Glamorgan Archives, by the way, as an FYI. Uh, that'd be super cool. As always, we love your comments, questions and corrections. Keep them coming, guys. We adore hearing from you. If you're enjoying the C word and would like to support our work, then please consider becoming one of our patrons. For as little as $1 per month, you can help us keep our episodes online and more of them coming. Patreon helps us meet our regular costs for the show and also to plan ahead so we know roughly how much of a monthly budget we've got. That's super helpful when you're trying to do something special like buy a better microphone or save up to go to a special event. Your support also helps keep us free of advertisements. In return, our supporters get access to our archive of extended episodes, which you can only access on our Patreon page. Yeah, for that $1 a month, you get a little extra audio enjoyment. We've crunched the numbers, and it's about 10% extra content on a regular basis. Well, that's not bad for less than a cup of coffee, eh? If supporting us sounds like something you'd like to do, then head over to patreon.com slash the C word and join our bunch of absolute champions. 
Thanks for listening. We're the C-Word and you've been listening to Purette Squires, Chloe Rumsey and me, Jenna Mathiasen. Join us next time for an episode about redevelopment. Maybe. I mean, I hope so. It's what I said last time, but hopefully this time it's definitely going to happen. Speaking of time management. In the meantime, you can check out our website at theseaword.show, tweet us at theseawordpodcast, or simply email us on theseawordpodcast at gmail.com. The intro and outro music is Spring by Didi Music, used under a Creative Commons Attribution License. Additional music and sound effects by Callum Robertson. This has been a Wooden Dice production. Deadline shifting forwards. He, he just pushed, pushed off. off. He, yes, he did. He wanted to stretch, so he Look shoved something off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to juggle your feet again. <laughs> I will enter. I am the knight. <laughs>